Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hey everyone, welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 477 for October 13th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another host, Kyle. I'm another host, Mo. And it's me, Kelly. It's me, Kelly. It's me, Kelly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I broke out, so I broke out the, it's called Drink Up Witches. It's the, uh, it's the October edition of my uh, whiskey drunk. So, hi. You're, you're, hi. you're drinking seasonally? Yeah, I have different Best, ones. Festively? I, I have festive ones. I have one for uh, I have one for Halloween. I also have one in there for Christmas. But my regular everyday one is, you know, a 30, uh, is it 308? Cal- yeah, it's 308. So, fun. How hi. many ounces does it hold? I don't know, but <laughs> we were just That's talking lots. about it. <laughs> <It's a lot. laughs> I've drunk. Never mind. <sighs> that off the air. Kids might be listening. Uh, <laughs> uh, half. Why don't we talk, start with uh, you tonight? Sure. What we did in guns. So I made it out uh, just uh, close to town. Quick half hour drive. Went first couple walks out, trying to find a good spot. Take my sister out hunting. Yeah. And I didn't see. I saw a bunch of sign, but uh, nothing was moving. And ran into a few other hunters because, well, close to town. So there are lots of other hunters in the area. And nobody was seeing anything. And we figured it was just too hot and the skies were clear with full moon. So, but ended up taking my sister out to the range, gave her some time behind the rifle because it's her first time hunting and she really hasn't shot a lot. So wanted to get her some time. So sat her down at the bench, did some dry fire and practice lamp on target, then breaking the shot. And then we put some live ammo in, shot from the bench. Okay, she's getting used to it. And it happened to be a closed day, so I was able to take her out in front of the line and work with the trigger stick and start building some positions. So started off kneeling, trying to find a... Uh, tried getting her to do reveal reverse kneel, forward kneel, both knees and that and it you know it's for someone who hasn't really shot building those positions feels really weird and it's tough to get in them so i was trying to come up with something that was gonna work for her and i think the thing that's gonna work is using the trigger stick uh if we do like a modified hasty sling because we're sitting okay there's a sling on there let's try this and just both knees on the ground for, for like a kneeling position, if she can take a knee, then do that. And standing, if we can get a tree, we'll just post up on the tree. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the doing the surprisingly a lot. The, hmm? the the finding a tree or a post to shoot off, like 
you don't want to rely on it, but boy, it happens often. If you just yeah. look, you're like, oh, there's a deer. If you just like look in your media area, there's oftentimes there's a fence yeah. post or a tree or yeah. something you can use for stability. Yeah. yeah. It's nice yeah. also, too, when your back is sore because you've been out there all day waiting, holding a firearm so you can just lean against it. <laughs> That's what I did on the weekend. It was awesome. It wasn't in the hot tub? No, we didn't <laughs> shoot out of the hot tub, but <laughs> we did shoot this weekend. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it was good. And I think uh, using the sling work with the trigger sticks, is it, it was actually pretty cool how steady it made it. Hmm. Maybe so, it's a good topic to cover for the main topic. It does sound like a yeah. pretty good topic to, to do. Hmm. Oh. Should have talked about it beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so actually Saturday, Chris, or Crystal, sorry, Crystal's going to be stuck at home with the kid because I'm bringing my sister out hunting for her first time out hunting on Saturday. So. Oh, cool. What are you going hunting for? You going for deer? Deer. Yeah. Okay. Deer. I might go to one close spot and try and call in an elk, but primary is deer on this one. Hmm. Yeah. That is my week in guns. Been doing a bunch of other stuff, but um, Mo, how about you? I registered for an IPSC match in Grenville at the Grenville Club. Uh, that's in Prescott, Ontario. So it should be the last uh, outdoor match of the year. That's going to be in uh, two weekends, and I registered as I registered in the classic division for the first time. I, I normally shoot production, um, so because I finally set up my uh, my rig for for classic because I had ordered um, CR speed belt and the mag pouches, and I got a black scorpion holster, so I put it all together. And uh, with that, I started uh, dry fire practice with it. And for anyone who doesn't do IPSC, the the, one of the big differences from production to classic is you, with with classic, you start with the with the safety on because it's a single, it's like a single action. So that's something that I have to. I, I noticed right away that when I was drawing from the holster. And getting on target, obviously uh, putting down the safety at the same time that it was like pulling the trigger too quickly, like before I was actually, you know, like obviously downrange, but like not perfectly on on target. So that's something I, I got that out of my system pretty quick. So <clears throat> sorry, I just needed some some repetition uh, because I I do notice that going from a double action like the first pull to to a single action pull, and it's like a I don't know, two point two, but like that, it uh, it comes back pretty quick, so or pretty easy. Um, yeah, not much, not much to pull through, right? No, <laughs> there's not much to pull through. <laughs> so that's something I noticed. That's so why I was like coming up, bring obviously in the motion of you're you're coming up and get and knocking the the safety down, and then I find like the first few times I was up, you know, on the trigger too quick. So uh, it's just a timing thing, and. Um, that's it. I'm going to do some actual uh, live fire uh, shooting this this weekend. And if all goes well, I'm going to shoot it. And if not, I'll just go back to production before the match and then do the classic uh, couple of matches after that um, and see if I like it. If I don't like it, then I'll stick to production. Um, 
and I also I had a meeting for the the Montreal the Montreal Range. Uh, had a meeting to set up their um, the Ipsix schedule for the the fall and winter. So that was uh, on Tuesday night, and uh, so yeah, so we, we just went over some of the rules and the format and how things are going to run. It's going to be a good schedule starting from October, like a monthly match from October to all the way to, to, to May. And then in March they do their, like what they call the Montreal indoor challenge, which is a, which is actually a level three. So it's really the only level three around, you know, at that time of year. Um, what else did I do? I'm jelly uh, of like having all that shooting over the winter. Yeah. You know, uh, not to rub it in, but with, uh, within, uh, there's that that range, and then there's two others that pretty much there could be three matches a month all the way through the winter. And two of the other ranges, are, which are in Quebec, are ones where forward movement is allowed. So, ooh. yeah. So, yeah, I know. Ooh. Mm. Um, so, it's good. So, that way, and so it is, it makes the winter fun to actually have, uh, you know, almost every weekend there's a match. So, um there and may be not... none in Edmonton. Uh, the normal <laughs> place where we do our ranges is still waiting on approval from the county, and uh, they're the only place that does indoor matches over the winter. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So what would be the next closest place for you? Uh, for winter indoor like Ipsic yes. matches? Yes. I don't know. Calgary, maybe? Maybe somewhere down south? I don't even know if they do Ipsic matches at uh, the Calgary Shooting Center or anything like that. Mm. Uh, Red Deer used to, but I know they were, I don't even know if Ipsic Alberta is even trying anymore because a lot of the indoor ranges had upped their prices Mm -hmm. and because Ips, well, you can only run so many people through that the numbers were down. I remember there was a post Alberta was kind of saying, well, no, we're not even going to pursue indoor matches anymore. Really? That might've changed, but it just wasn't economical for them to do, I guess. I don't know. Oh wow! This that's was a while ago. I don't know for sure. <sighs> See, I I guess I take it for granted that there's like a, a somewhat local match every weekend, even through the winter, right? So, hmm. you are. I guess I won't. I guess I won't come that's down for it after all. <laughs> that's not a thing we have out here. We got some three gun matches. Uh, we pause. We don't even pause in December, uh, January, and February. We skip March. We start back up again. Uh, okay, but so that's all. Months. That's all outdoor. Okay. Um, it's sad, but you, yeah. Hmm. yeah. My range is only like five minutes away and it's indoor if I need to. I prefer to go and shoot outside, but yeah, indoors there. How long does it take you get to get your uh, your handguns there, Kelly? I had mine in about, oh, some of them I had in like two weeks. Whatever. Transferred. And- <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> that's it for me. How about you, Adriel? Uh, a couple things. Uh, you guys, you guys remember me talking about that Gersan MC312 on yeah. last show? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I bought one. <laughs> Three ninety. I figured. I figured you would. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, Kyle already reviewed one of these things on air, so I'm not going to go through too much. Hard butt pad on it. Uh, cool charging handle. The action looks fine. Comes with a buttload of chokes, like five chokes. 
Really? Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So my like to-do list on this thing, I'd like to have this as a three-gun shotgun for my older son, who's uh, doing more three-gun with me. Mm. I need to change the butt pad to something that's not as hard as a hockey puck. Uh, I need to grind down the uh, bottom here, make myself a little loady port, and... Uh, you need to Dremel it. You need to modify it, aka Adriel style. <laughs> I might shoot it first. I hmm. might shoot it okay. first. Yeah, just to uh, just to review it and uh, and, and whatnot. But uh, like the cycling on it is is like fantastic. The trigger's not that heavy. Like it's it's actually a really nice shotgun for the price. So yeah, super and, jazzed about it. Well, cool. the, and the one that I had done the review on, mm-hmm. uh, he's since gone and ran a whole bunch of uh like almost a case of double lot buck through it and just hammered it and like he shot it during the team match last weekend and it he it didn't malfunction on a single time he's actually been able to run some two and three quarter dram through it now now that it's more broken Hmm. yeah well, I'll probably run an ounce and an eighth through it, um, which I think will just run. I think it'll just run. We'll find out. It's probably. Oh, I should run ounce and eighth, no problem. Yeah. Uh, I was going to head to the range, but uh, well, my kids got COVID. So. Oh, no. I, uh, I decided to stay in and not uh, accidentally spread that at the range. Um, but since I stayed in, I had a buttload of time uh, on my hands. What did you I do? Did, I did a buttload of Reloading? photos. And articles and videos. Oh. No, I'm not Yeah, all like hunting gear guy stuff. Uh, so, like on my Facebook page, I just got like a whole bunch of albums of new product photos, I that kind of thing. Saw the photos, but mm-hmm. yeah, yep. Did an article on the Caldwell Emacs, uh, the Norinco Olympia, the Jericho mm-hmm. 941, Nightcore stuff, and then the Jukov stock. Uh, I, I just wanted to show this just while, just for some, just to kind of like give a sneak peek on on this thing here. So this is that Norinco Olympia. Yep. Um, I just want to show a couple of things that I found with it. And I just want to share in case any of the viewers or listeners are having issues with it. But uh, this is the safety here. And if you press in on it and down, it just won't move uh, because it has like, I don't know if you can see that detent right there. Uh, yep. it, okay. And so you need to press it straight down. Otherwise, it just won't work. And uh, if you can see S, it's on safe. And if you can see F, it's on fire. And that's um, a really bad place to put that. Oh, horrible. Um, I think the idea here is that um, this thing's made for single hand shooting. And yeah. if you're single hand shooting, no, your fingers should not be close to any controls. And they aren't. <laughs> Even like for me to, to press this uh, magazine disconnect, I have to fully break my grip right off just to just to hit that uh, that that uh, magazine release there. Uh, so I wanted to show that. The other thing I wanted to show is the uh, disassembly. So you pull this bit down, which is kind of weird, right? Weird. So and you pull down you pull the trigger the back, and you pull and the slide back. And then the slide just comes up and Move down. forward. There's a slide. I don't know. I don't think you need to disassemble this anymore. Like you've got access to the breech there. You can brush that and brush your chamber face and run a rod through it and whatever. But uh, there's the uh, shrouded hammer right there. So mm-hmm. that uh, there's your little hammer that uh, goes in and you can kind of see like the the trigger mechanism on the on the side there. That's what is going back to the sear in the back and all that kind of stuff. It's actually a really cool design. Rudimentary. But yeah, different. well, uh, uh, these were designed in the in 1936 by Walther, mm-hmm. um, which is like where this uh, where this design for this pistol's from. Get in there. There it goes. Um, 
And actually, like this, this is the Hunter version of the Walther 1936 uh, Olympia pistol. The regular one had like a big, long dingus barrel on it that was like massive for <laughs> for that kind of thing. Yeah, dingus. Uh, dingus. Uh, I did a whole bunch of videos um, for Patreons of Slamfire Radio. I saw that I, too. I cut out a bunch of. Uh, cut up a bunch of the videos for packing so if you're interested in like a packing list from kelly kyle mo or or myself on going to the range ipsic uh, hunting or maple seed uh those are all up on uh, on patreon and you guys get special access to that um and then for myself for like hunting gear guy i did the video on the caldwell emacs pro headset um and I did a couple of YouTube shorts. I did one and I was I, like, cause I've been seeing them on my feed and, and I did one and it got like 15,000 views in an hour. So I'm like, Oh, what's that? I'm going to, I'm going to do some more of those. A YouTube short was like just a one minute oh, okay. uh, vertical yeah. cell phone video. That's it. Just yeah. kind of like an Instagram story or whatever. So it's a real. Yeah. Called yeah. Real. They've been pushing it hard on YouTube. So I'm going to keep doing them. So I did one on coupled cross mags and I did one last night on the 1022 auto bolt mod, how to do that. I saw one that minute. one too. And mm-hmm. you took it, your old Dremel to it as well. Mm-hmm. So, or you could do what I just did and went to Delask and just ordered everything that they have. But it takes like five minutes. Well, I had to go and get rails too. It takes and... less than five minutes. I, I did. I did four of them in 18 minutes. And that is counting, dicking around, like moving sanding discs <laughs> and getting a camera in there and all like a 20, 18, I, I, I timed I timed it. You timed just like, it? Just, oh yeah. 18 minutes for four guns. And that's <laughs> with filming. It's very quick. But one thing that I did know, the car, so I, got, I used a carbide bit on the, uh, uh, to do the dremeling out. And it like shaves the metal and it makes like these tiny little metal slivers. And I got Ouch. so many of them in my hand <laughs> <laughs> and they're still in there. <laughs> yep. It's kind of like, feels like fiberglass. Like you've got like these little itchy things in your, in your skin. <laughs> uh, but uh, maybe I should have worn gloves or something. I don't know, whatever. Okay. Uh, but nice and quick, nice and quick. And uh, um, I've done videos on how to do that mod before, but I just wanted to like I want more people to see it. Every time I show up to a maple seed and someone doesn't have that, um, that release on on the on the Ruger 1022 is actually kind of a pain in the ass. It you is. can press it and not press it correctly. You have mm-hmm. to like you have to press it like up and into the gun and not yep. back, or it just won't work. Correct. And uh, I think it's a, I think it's a poor design. I think Ruger knows the solution to it. They solved it in the PC carbine. It doesn't do it. So yep. why don't they just do that? Like, why don't they just make a change on the 1022s? Hey, we thought about it. You know, we've, mm. we've been thinking about it for 70 years and uh, finally, or whatever, 60 years, however <laughs> long they've, they've had them out. Mm. Uh, we think there's a dumb 60. design and we're just going to modify this. Yeah. 60 years, 60 years of like stupidity on a bolt release. Could be uh, Yeah. I'm going to call it stupidity. It's not a safety. It's, it, it's maybe actually, it was a safety thing in the 60s, but uh, not anymore. No, fiddling around, farting around with that, people's finger near the trigger guard, it is a safety issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Autobelt really is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that Ruger does it on their new guns. They know that that's how people want to run a PC carbine. I don't know Correct. why they wouldn't do it on. Because it's the way that we always did it. My grandfather, <laughs> like your grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Ruger does that with some of their that I, I I can see that philosophy in some of Ruger. Some of what Ruger does, some of their stuff is really cool, but some of their stuff is definitely um that's the way we've always done it. Yes. Um, that's about it. I think uh, I had a topic I was going to do for my my YouTube short tonight. I forget what it was. 
people will come to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pull up my camera and I'll just start like talking into it and doing stuff and some stuff. Yeah. So cool. that's about it for me. Uh, what about you, Kelly? I did the She Shoots podcast on Tuesday. It was called Up and Smoke. So Terry Houston came on and she is from uh, Guns and Wild Roses and not Guns and Roses, the band, but Guns and <laughs> Wild Roses. Uh, that's a club in Vancouver. She was really, really good. And she's talking about sporting clays and skeet and trap and uh, five stand what the differences are and also about the importance of fitting a firearm to you especially so she's doing it uh, specifically for women's a women's group but she also now does it for everybody it's awesome really liked uh, talking to her we've been friends for a little bit but I've never talked to her like through video and I'm looking forward to actually going and meeting her in person too so it was fun um we also have set up our next episode of um, She Shoots. So it's going to be November 8th, and it's called Small But Mighty, because you're going to have uh, Jess Titchler. Jess Titchler, if you don't know who she is, she's the 14-year-old that actually has the second highest um, maple seed um, score, a 248 out of a possible 250. Um, but she's also kicking butt in PR, the PRS world. So she is coming on. She's a sponsored shooter as well. Um, but also Allison Zane, who's down for, is from the U.S. She's 16 years old. And she is also a sponsored shooter, but she is also world-ranked as well from the PRS. So she, they're coming on. So it's going to be fantastic. I'm really, really looking forward to, to talking to both of them. So, yeah. I went to duck hunting on the weekend. So we went out to the Kincaid Ranch. So I went out Saturday morning, uh, bright and early, left my place at uh, five o'clock and got there set up. Um, Saturday morning was, it was cold, one degree, um, no wind, no hint of moisture or anything. Uh, heard the birds. And so we were doing duck hunting. So mostly, uh, mostly, um, um, yeah, so ducks. ducks. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyways, so um, we were so the the Kincaid Ranch they have their own personal pond at the back, and so Kyle was Kyle Kincaid was at one end of the pond. Uh, Kelly was in the middle, and I was at another end of the pond. Um, but all the birds that were coming in, they were coming in, and we were hearing we couldn't see them, but we were hearing them come in as the sun started to. Uh, about to rise and they're all down at where Kyle was damn it um but uh I was able to get off three shots I was able to uh, kill or harvest uh two birds out of the three shots that I was able to get off so Kelly didn't get off any shots because there was none around her but we ended up harvesting uh five wood ducks uh one was one yeah, so one hen and four uh, drakes. So it was awesome. Cleaned them up as well and then stayed overnight at Kyle and Kelly's. And we did it all again on Sunday. But Sunday was weird. Sunday was much warmer. It was like 15 degrees. It was rainy. Lots and lots of wind. So guess what? what? Saw, zero, saw zero birds. No ducks. Nothing. So we had to be happy with the five that we harvested on this uh, on Saturday, but it was fun. You know, it's great to get up early in the morning and go and sit out beside the pond and watch the watch the uh, sunrise. And it was it was awesome. It was very very relaxing. I was super excited that we had the opportunity to do that. And I'm thankful to Kyle and Kelly for having uh, the pond there and inviting me out as well. 
So one of the other things that I did too is I made a, um, there was a, a lady who uh, she's been trying to get into a maple seed. She's, she's had some issues with illness and she, um, different things happening. But uh, she also messaged me on the um, last week or the week before saying, hey, listen, I know with everything that's happening, I just got my RPAL. I want to go and try out and see what gun I should buy. So I said, hey, let's do this. Let's go meet up at SFRC on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. I got to go pick something up. So I walk into SFRC and it's just like, I haven't been in there in quite a while because I'm busy every weekend. I'm not at home. And it's like a whole new store. They have basically converted uh, a lot of it over to the fishing side of things. I think that might be, there's reasons, hashtag the government. And uh, yeah, so, and then we went back to the back and they have no pistols left. There's nothing there. If there's anything, they said, ordered online. But guess what? what? I picked up this. It's oh. my new CZ Shadow 2 in urban gray, which I really like the color. I love it. So, because... It's mine. I purchased it. I said, hey, do you mind if she handles it? Because this was this would be the firearm that I would recommend anyways. So she tried it out. She loved it. Spent a lot of Saturday looking for deals for her and where she could find. By the way, CZ Shadow 1s and 2s, nowhere to be found. On Gun Nuts, I found her one. Yeah, why Why'd you like tempt her with that when she can't buy one? No, 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 no. I was looking around. She was looking at something else. And I was able to find one for her on Gun Nuts with belt. Uh, six megs and the price was actually really good as well so i said oh. yeah yeah you go do that go and do it now <laughs> do it and do it now good. um good. so she was able to take advantage of that um what else happened so spent a lot of saturday with her it was lots of fun and we're gonna we were supposed to go out on monday morning and shoot um but she wasn't able to to make it out so which was sad um but i, I was telling you guys that uh, on my way out to the King Candy Ranch after SFRC, I saw this deer and it was weird. The deer itself had a black tail. I'm going, white tails don't have a black tail, but it was literally black. It was really, really black. So, yeah, we, I was able to, there was a trail cam and it showed the deer. It was a doe and it had a black tail. It was weird. Uh, I, was, I was thinking you're going to tell us that you, you, uh, I didn't shoot it. Able, able to take a closer look at it. No, um, uh, you know, maybe like a meter away, touch it, figure nope. out what was, what was going on. <laughs> nope, had its black tail. It was eating in a field right across from Kyle and Kelly's. So I said, "You guys, you keep coming back every once in a while. We'll see you in November because that's when we're going hunting. So hmm. we will, yeah, and it'll be hot tasty. tub hunting. Yes, you should. Uh, did you try putting like a, an array of uh, decoys in the hot tub? Have you tried that before? No. That would be interesting, though, because they, there's yeah. decoys in the pond. Uh-huh. Yeah. We could, I don't think that Kelly and Kyle would like shooting the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, you wouldn't actually let them land. You'd be firing from That's inside true. the hot tub. That's yeah. correct. Mm, mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was using my 28-gauge. It was working fine, over and under. I, I, took, my, I took two shots, and the third shot, uh, like, the duck got away and i said to kelly get it and she goes no you get it i said i only have two shots like literally i'm trying bang bang so 
It didn't what, work out what, well. uh, what shot size were you using and how close were the ducks? Because like 28 gauge is pretty small. You're still getting hits. You must be like really close to them. 30, 30, 40 meters. 30, 40 meters. meters. Yep. And what uh, what shot size? Six. Really? I'm That's a really shot. small shot. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> how many pellets of number six are you getting? I have no idea. And it's, it's number six. Gauge. And it's the twenty-eight gauge. So, huh? I'm 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 okay. I'm I can. I love that. <laughs> right? I can. It's an extension of me. I can pretty much hit what I'm aiming at. I did. Uh, I did limit myself on a couple of birds. There was one that flew in and it was behind. There is a rock mossy thing and it flew and I couldn't hear because it was dark first thing. I couldn't, I could hear it and I could hear it land, but I couldn't see it It was behind the thing. And then uh, Kyle took a shot when the light came up on a couple of the birds and it scared this one and it flew instead of towards me, it flew away from me into the woods. I was thinking, you know what? It's about, 60 70 meters i can get it and then i'm gonna no i'm not gonna no i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna shoot at whatever i know that i'm gonna be able to hit so that's what i did number number six is pretty small pellets yep. <laughs> for non-toxic steel shot that's uh it's pretty tiny yep so and not only that you don't really um, yeah, the bird. One of the birds, especially, I shot it, and it just dropped in front of me. And then we went to take the feathers off of it, and it was pristine. It was great. No, pe- the pellets don't even get to the breast. It's like you just <laughs> luck out on one, like digging them in the brain, and that's it. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed uh, duck hunting. Uh, I got invited out again this weekend, but I'm going to be at uh, I'm going to be at Kremlin this weekend, so I'm not going to be able to do that. Unfortunately, but there'll be lots of other time as well. Uh, the other thing I did when I was at SFRC, uh, and speaking of, of, of ammo, and uh, Kelly asked me to pick up some ammo for her because she needed it for pheasant hunting. And I was able to pick up her stuff that she had ordered and she hadn't paid for it. But I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing because I was talking to everybody. And then I paid for all the other people's ammo as well, apparently, and they put it in my bag. And I left and I got to Kelly's place and I went, this isn't your ammo. I'm going, that's really expensive. I'm thinking to myself, that's really expensive. 28 gauge. It's really expensive. It was like three times this amount. So I had to go and return it. So I've been to SFRC three times uh, this week already. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So the other thing that's been happening is there's a club level ATT course. Uh, so Ari, who does them, has asked me to do it. Uh, he so November 27th I've signed up for that I'll be helping out with that I'm headed out to Toronto tomorrow um, I'm going to be there uh, for the majority of the day and coming back because uh, we're going to be uh, I'm going to go get a whole bunch of targets so I wanted to say thank you to uh, Richard Lee is helping out with that and then Saturday and Sunday I'm going to be at Maple Seed and Kremlin so I'm going to go to Toronto then I kind of come back and then I'm going to immediately go out to Kremlin uh, which is four or five hours away, five hours away. So yeah, it's going to be a busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a couple more and uh, the weekend after I'm at Stittsville, and then two weeks after that I'm going to be in Penetanguishing. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you were talking about Amazon and deliveries. Yeah. So I've uh, the credit card has been burning a hole in my pocket. So Amazon delivered all the stuff I needed yesterday for like I got uh, for the loaner rifles that we're, we're setting up. I got mm-hmm. I got four 
um, four rifle cases. I've got some cable locks, five of those. I got, what else did I get in from Amazon? Mm, name tags, different things like that. And then I went on to Alaska, as I said, you know what, I'm going to buy rails anyway. So I might as well go and get the Audible release. Also this in uh, the silicone buffer pins too. I ordered five of those. So we're just going to trade out everything that we have on our loaner rifles and then we'll be set for next year. Yeah, that's it. Cool. It's been a busy week. So yeah. yeah, that's it. Nobody else, everybody has already said what I've done in guns this week. So that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to uh, upcoming events. Um, it's winter. There's some maple seeds, but it's winter. There's maple seeds in Ontario. What about in Alberta? Mm, no, sorry, I'm too busy hunting. Guess what? Me too, but I win because it's still a six event. You've actually <laughs> shot stuff. Oh, wait, I shot some gross. Okay. How many ducks did you get? Me, myself, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. two. Last weekend. I got more. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Everything's a competition, right? Yes. Yes. Don't okay. worry. Uh, let's get on to the news. Uh, Canadian military to destroy Browning pistols, save some for museums. Uh, last week, the federal government announced that it will purchase for the Canadian military the Sig Sauer P320 handgun and deal that could be worth $8 million. Um, but all the old handguns, they're just going to scrap them um, because they hate money, I guess. Um, they have too much of it. Probably that's the issue. The Canadian yeah. military is swimming in cash. They just, they, <laughs> they can't, they're all, they're just get rid of all their old equipment. I know all the military guys listening are just screaming at me right now, but yeah, um, no. <laughs> well, okay. So these Browning handguns, um, they, they, they're um, the Inglis, right? Inglis, Inglis. Mm-hmm. Um, they have 12,000 of them. Uh, they say that 1,300 are non-functioning. The rest are functioning. So like they're probably like some of them are probably not in great condition. Some of them probably are still in great condition. Well, they and take even, all the ones that aren't functioning and they, they cannibalize them so they can fix the ones that are kind of functioning or when they go down. But it sounds like they got like, it sounds like that's like a 10 to one, like maybe 10% of their inventory is down and the rest is like good to go. Um, I don't know what you guys think surplus handguns would go for, but I think like surplus good condition, like uh, high point, high powers would be like what? 300 bucks, 200 bucks. Let's say there's like $3 million worth of stuff. They're just going to smelt. Instead of like selling it to the U.S. or something like that, I would understand why they wouldn't want to sell it to the to Canadian public because we're doing this whole handgun ban thing. But uh, they could have sold that to the U.S. for a cool like quick three million bucks and uh, got rid of them, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of our listeners are uh, commenting on my uh, choice of swimming in cash. Yep, yeah, the Canadian military <laughs> has too much equipment. That's why they're just like you, lighting you, it on fire. Yeah. No, you, yeah, no, that's not the case at all. That's why they only have one ply toilet paper. <laughs> Unless you add a leaf and then it's two ply. You add a leaf on there, mm, bulk it out. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to the CCFR legal fund donations. Uh, the court date has been set for the CCFR legal challenge. April 11th to 20th is uh, D-Day for the Battle Royale. Uh, that will be CCFR et al. versus Canada. And it'll be heard in Ottawa. And the provinces. And the provinces. CCFR and the provinces. The cool provinces. The cool provinces, <laughs> yes. Like Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Yukon. Didn't hear Yukon. Or you were Quebec in there. No. No. Yukon's not even a province, but they, they can't. territory. 
mm-hmm. but it does count. It actually counts times two. Seriously, it does. So you, are you counting like every resident like 10 times over? Is, is that how it no. counts? Or? <laughs> no. Big, just are you counting yeah. the animals too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got lots of those. I'm pretty sure they're like outnumbered easily by like deer and moose and elk. Um, that's correct. Yeah. But uh, anyways, that's been set. If you want to help out uh, EMT to finance at firearmsrights.ca. Let's get into some new gun stuff. Uh, a couple of things. Let me share my screen here. Window. That one. That one. First one here, MPA Rimfire Series. They're releasing a new line of Rimfire rifles and conversion kits. If you are so interested. So if you have a inappropriate rifle, you can convert it to 22 LR. I need a new rifle. I've decided. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit pricey. <laughs> Probably. I don't know this, you don't want to put you don't want to put this as a loaner rifle on the line for me. <laughs> no, no. She buys ammo for people. She's got money. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. But uh, I've decided no, I need a nice Gucci gun. Oh, this is you have a Gucci gun. You have I, a Gucci. I have too. a couple of Gucci guns. I just don't you have, shoot, shoot. You have a twenty-two oh. that's. Nice yeah. If there was a hundred people in a room that had a twenty-two, you have a nicer twenty-two than all of them. I know. <laughs> Maybe if there's a thousand people in the room, you have a nicer twenty-two than um, all of them except for ninety. Ninety percent. Yeah. No, uh, not ninety. Some not of the 90, people. Some more. of the people. Some of my. Some of my peeps. They got nicer guns, but yeah. they're also ten thousand dollars. Not many of those out there. Anyways, if you yep. want to. Yeah, get get right on the path to that. MPA Arms has those. I think I saw who's importing these things. I think I saw EM Precision was uh, was bringing these things in. Um, so take a look at those. The next one, the BCL PX19 Foxbat 99 millimeter. This is a Glock 19 Glock off. Uh, it's aluminum lower though. So rather than uh, polymer, mm. it's an aluminum lower made by BCL. They're going to be stocking it at Marstar and SFRC. So while we can't import any handguns, we can sure still make them here. <laughs> I nice. imagine they pushed uh, they pushed the uh, timelines for getting this thing out uh, up based on the uh, bans, and uh, they're going to try getting some up there. So that's that. Uh, this next one, North Pro Sports, they have uh, Benelli Super Vinci twelve gauges, three and a half max five with soft floating cases for thirteen seventy seven. That's elite, right? It's elite. I don't know. Anyways, they've got those. I was supposed to be showing something. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Campro primers. Um, this isn't really a new gun stuff. It's just something I noticed. Uh, some people were having issues seating them. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, come more than a couple of people here mentioning that they're having problems seating them. Um, and they'll probably use like a hand primer. They might be hard to prime. Um, but just something I thought I'd bring up since we were recommending those uh, the other weekend. Uh, getting in some new handguns. Uh, Gunshop.ca. This is Wild West uh, out of Edmonton. They have some Tenfoglio uh, Mossads. Uh, I think they're CZ75s. It says they're blemished and they are uh, well loved. I think that's how I describe them. Well loved. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Well loved, broken in. Broken Very in. Yeah. Bro- mm-hmm. So experienced experienced there you go there you go <laughs> uh and i got some cabela's stuff here if you're gonna buy any of this use our link but uh the mc312 yeah 399 hell of a deal 
Uh, if you prefer it in camo, they got that one too for three eighty nine, which is uh, also pretty decent for a decent little camo job on there. Um, I was looking at this one. This is the only reason I have it on here. The cap a little badger. They've got one over two fifteen. I'm looking at it. They're so weird looking. <laughs> it's just so weird. Little uh, badger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, um, I didn't want to like recommend the Mossberg Patriot because I think Mossberg makes great shotguns, but um, the, I just wanted to show 6.5 PRC is becoming more and more common in uh, in hunting rifles. Yeah. Uh, so we're starting to see that uh, coming up quite a bit more. Yeah. Uh, I was. Oh yeah. I was handling one of those at um, SFRC last past weekend. The Patriot or the uh, Sydney and 6.5 PRC? Both. They put ah. them both in my hands and I'm going. Hmm. Oh, and get the rifle. Mm-hmm. Archers is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for something for the kids, they've got the Mossberg Maverick 88 field youth pump. So look at how short that leg the pull is. A tiny little butt pad on there. Yeah. It's yes. uh, the butt socks cut down what, quite a bit. What gauges do they have? Just 20? Just 20. 20 is the right one. 20 is mm. the right one. Well, 410? You can go 410. I'd like 410, <laughs> but I would even like prefer a 28 over a 20. Oh, now you're getting fancy. Uh, no, they don't have 28. <laughs> they do not have 28. Uh, yeah, anyways, they got that. And then uh, if you are looking for a rangefinder, I have one of these, the Sig Kilo 2200 BDX. I you paid like more for this. Oh, it's amazing. It ranges like way far out there. If you're looking for a rangefinder, that we're finally at a point now where we can get decent rangefinders that range way out there for cheap prices. 350 is like pretty stinking cheap. Yeah. I mean, I, I got a, a rangefinder. This would have been eight, ten years ago or something like that. But I got a rangefinder for like around this price, and it wouldn't it wouldn't do more than like 300 on a good day. And uh, now we're there. We're there because these things go way far. I need a rangefinder too. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to build a list. It's not getting good. Rangefinder is nice if you're just, if you're deer hunting on a cut line or something like that, and you need yeah. to like know your distance. Yeah. Well, if I'm hunting for deer in Ontario, it's within you know 80 meters or closer. Yeah, it doesn't matter then for that kind of stuff. No. No. Anywho, that's all the new gun stuff. Uh, for our main topic, I thought we'd uh, cover shooting rests for hunting. Uh, so when we're hunting, we're trying to get like a, a nice steady <laughs> shot. And uh, what what are we looking at here? Comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Richard Lee, his comment is, "Why do I need a rangefinder if I'm shooting off a duck with coffee?" We're both trying to like put it up there. there I know. Go. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> One at a time. Yeah. Nuno is saying, "I'll just catch up on Facebook while we're at it here." Nuno is saying that the. Yeah, Maverick 88 is an excellent first shoddy. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike's saying 6.5 PRC doesn't actually exist. It's a Mandela effect illusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nuno is saying Hef's review, not so good. Not so good on. I think he was what? putting that to the Gersan, and I don't know if I said it wasn't too good. I was a little disappointed that you had to run Allenstein 8 through it at the time, but oh. it was also brand new. So, um, and that's what I'm actually, run. Going, I was going to wait on that, but uh, I'm actually going to be working on. I've already mentioned to the guy, I'm going to get that same Gersan back now that it's been run all season. 
mm-hmm. and do a follow-up review on that probably beginning of November. That's the next time he's going to be up here. So cool. now that yeah. it's been broken in and he's done, he added the butt pad it. that you were talking about. The limb saver. Did he get it? To, did he uh, get one that fit really well on it or did it have like some little like gaps and stuff on it? Uh, I have to double check. I think it, overall, I think it looked all right. Uh, let me know which one he got. I want, I want one. It needs one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. That butt pad is hard, but yeah. So that November sometime, that follow-up review will be coming up. Cool. You know, and it's, it's, I don't know why they even bothered, but it's, it's like asymmetrically shaped on the back. Like well, they, they were they trying put some to butt boards it. Like this is supposed yeah. to fit inside your shoulder pocket. Yeah, they were trying to make it after the M2. The M2s are contoured butt pads, just like that. Are they hard like rocks? Like these? No, ones? they're not. They're not hard. <laughs> 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 like I'm pretty sure I could butt stroke someone with this, and like they wouldn't like it. <laughs> my uh, my my A5 it would be like, oh, that's not so bad, you know. <laughs> this one's hurt. Feathering. <laughs> the feather <laughs> yeah uh just going through some of the other facebook uh comments just while we're at it here uh i started one yeah we have kevin, one from kevin ward yeah yeah, yeah he's saying uh a good one yeah hey from halifax enjoy the show new rpl holder my family's enjoying our range days i have two Yay. 22s an isse scout straight pole and a remington model 33 made in august of 31 Whew. My daughter prefers the old cap gun, and at 50 yards, can take the cap off a pop bottle with open sights. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it was the old nice. gun, not the old cap gun. Yeah. I would prefer the old gun. Young too. eyes. Yeah. Hand-eye mm-hmm. coordination. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike's saying that that, uh, that new fancy rifle would complement his Voodoo Ultimatum, Grey Birch, and Bergera 22 I know. He's nice. one of the thousand that would have nicer guns than you, Kelly, in terms of. I the know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like them, actually. So <laughs> we have some taste yeah. guns. Uh, Derek was mentioning that uh, some of the Inglis were in still new conditions and were beaten up pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Patrick was mentioning that uh, hmm. the Canadian Forces uh, maybe isn't swimming in cash. And. Uh, Are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, you know, maybe I was uh, paraphrasing, watching that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike's mentioned that we have coyote hunting all winter that needs to be done. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at you. You get your shooting practice in. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now we're caught up. Now let's get okay. on to shooting rests for hunting. Uh, uh, the reason why I wanted to cover this topic is I've actually like talked to some new hunters this year, and they're like, "How do you get steady enough to uh, to take a shot?" And we're talking That's about well. Bit, Take a maple seed. Take a maple seed because, like, then you can get steady without any extras. You can do the standing, kneeling. I really, the kneeling is like my clutch shot for, for hunting. Yeah. 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 If I'm walking along and I see a deer and I can't take that shot from a standing shot, like it's a, let's say, I can do a standing shot at 100, but I wouldn't. At a, at a at 100, I'm just going to drop to a knee and uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be steady. That, that deer is getting it right in the heart. Um, nice. But uh, uh, prone, never. I shoot in the snow, and it's just never going to happen. Yeah. I've taken one deer with prone, and I've probably shot like fifty deer over my life. Um, and uh, it's just, it's it never comes up. It, it's a, uh, it's not a thing that happens. Even with all the distance, you got to like. I, I got the only time I got one, I was like, I knew that there was some deer in this one spot. I went prone on the on a hill that was like overlooking that spot with a bipod. 
the deer came out and I smoked it. But like, yeah. other than that, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible position for like practical hunting and that hunting. kind of thing. Yeah. Deer shows up to your left. What do you do? Well, you got to like rotate, you make up a bunch of noise, bunch of movement. Mm-hmm. It's just your, your field of view and your possibilities on what you can shoot are just so limited. Would you agree, Kyle? Do you have different? I would absolutely. Um, yeah. And even just the grass, you're not going to, where I'm hunting that we, you're in the bush, there's lots of, underbrush or long grass if you're out in a field or something you're not even going to see two feet in front of you yeah you have to be up a little higher so you're going to be less stable so what do we do about it what are we using seated seated open legged is nice another yeah. Yeah. Seat yeah that one's beautiful you because you can sit in that like all for like two hours and then yeah. when you need to take a shot pop up your elbows on your knees again leaning against a tree I like leaning against the tree. My, fr- my first year I shot off a fence post. Did you? Yeah. Pop 308 on a fence post. Perfect. Nice. it too far. But uh, yeah, it's uh, fence posts are great. Trees are great. I think um, uh, for new hunters out there, practicing their grabs on uh, on trees would be good. So yeah. like what I mean by that is um, do you stick out? Do you grab it like this? Stick your thumb out and then put your rifle on top of your thumb. Or if it's on the other side, do you grab it like that and then stick your finger on top of there? Just practicing that a little bit with, um, yeah. like a broom mm-hmm. or something like that in your house is uh, is really neat. It just yeah. helps. Then then when you're actually in the field, you're not like, uh, what do I do here? I want to use this. Tree, trying to work it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to work it out in the minute. Where like it would take you like ten minutes to like dick around at home and uh, and and figure out some pretty applicable holds on a on a tree or. Uh, post or something like that i would say mm-hmm. yeah what what happened so yeah if you have a tree you can study yourself against the tree and you're gonna hold it or mm-hmm. you can fence posts you're absolutely right um make sure that you're on your property with the fence or the property that you're able to shoot on because that might or might not have happened last year with anyway okay we'll just move on um but <laughs> if we don't have fence post posts, is no man's land that's like <laughs> both good both the fields yeah you're supposed to let people know, hey, are you okay with me? Should I be like, okay, what else do you have? Because you had a couple of things in your hands there, Mr. Uh, I've got some. So, like, the, the I think for from standing, the best thing you can do is what um, Kyle has, which is one of those trigger sticks that you can use that uh, it's got like the it's got the grip on there, and you press a trigger and it drops a leg or two, and uh, you can just shoot from standing, right? Is that what you got? Yeah. 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 I got the monopod one. You can even, you can get the, bipod or i think even think they make a tripod and when i bought it i was thinking like combo walking stick and that i gotta say i'm not a hundred percent a fan of the trigger sticks because when you are walking with it which they say you're not supposed to use it as a walking stick there's a lot of clanging with the spring in there and i actually wrapped mine with hockey tape and unfortunately it's sitting at the range right now so i don't have it here so you're talking about Uh, using the walk uh Trekking poles. What about, yeah, what about trekking poles? Can you use That's those? what I'm actually thinking of going to because I do do a lot of hiking. So the trekking poles would help in just the hiking and then crossing them similar to what Adriel's got with his little snap out yep. rest there and having them in a V and trying them that way. Either way, I still use the, the trigger sticks and I actually, well, from basically modified hasty sling on the trigger stick and it actually really helped because i was trying to get my sister stabilized and with the monopod it's still especially if you're not used to it it, it still wavers a bit 
Well, yeah, the further up off the ground you are, the more it's going to waver. Uh, these things are, these are good to shoot from seated. So if you've had, you have a, have a low seat or like one of those heat seats and you're like on the edge of a cut line or something like that, I found the, the height of it perfect. But uh, these don't clang because they're just sticks. This is like a blind person's like whip them out and off they go. Then they connect themselves and then you just turn them like so and sit it on the ground. Uh, using this here, let me grab my shotgun Boop, and it just sits right in there. Uh, I, I found seating with this thing. Oh my God. You can get so much stability. Cause like, I don't have to have this, this hand on the front. I have it right now. Cause I'm, I'm holding it above the ground, but you can have your support arm underneath the back here and the back, the front super steady. Cause it's on the rest. The back can be super steady. This is like a very steady rest that you can make. But it's got like limited appeal in terms of like where you can use it. Uh, you're carrying around. These are pretty lightweight, uh, but you're all they, they do make up some bulk that you need to put in your pack or uh, just carry off with you by your hands or whatever. Um, and they don't have. They have a bit of adjustment. You can you can just uh, choose to go like more or less um, open to give yourself like a little bit more height adjustment to them. Okay. But they don't they don't have that much height adjustment. Like the amount you can actually do there isn't that great. They don't go very high either. Uh, you couldn't like I can't use these in the chair that I'm in right now. I would need to like sit it all the way down in order to use these things. Okay, that's where I like the trigger stick. Is it just you pull the trigger and it extends? And, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say my favorite for gophers is this guy right here. I'm just gonna go full size. Uh, this I don't know what length it is, but. Uh, uh, they go pretty far out, and the thing that I really like with these is uh, my one of my, my well, not one of my favorite shooting position in maple seed is cross-legged. It's super steady. I, I I can do it. I can get my my elbows onto my knees, onto my boots, and it feels great. I can shoot with this bipod on the front, and then have my, all, both my arms way at the back, and it is rock steady. So for gophers, I just like take a seat and I just annihilate whatever I can see. I can shoot because I've got the steadiness out of it. Um. I almost never use it hunting. Uh, hunting, I, I end up in snow. I can't do the cross-legged thing. I can't like get the bipod legs down. So, uh, as much as I like this for uh, for summertime gophers, I I, I don't really use it uh, hunting that much. It might be useful though. And it's like the nice thing about this is that it's 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 stuck right to the gun. It's on the uh, sling stud there, so it just stays attached, and you could just rip it out. I never use it though. Hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, then, if you had a, one of the long, you can get the long bipods and have that attached to your gun. Those work good. This thing's pretty. This thing's pretty long. This is the bipod yeah. that just like rotates down. It's it's pretty long, but I never use it. I never yeah. find the need. I, like I, to be honest, I I do a lot of my long distance shooting from a, a fixed uh, blind. I ha I have sandbags up there. I like. I have like legit sandbags that sit up there. If I need to take a shot on a deer that's like quite far, I've got sandbags that I'll use on it. Um, which I guess is one thing that you could bring out if you think you were, but the, the problem with this is that you have to have something that you're shooting off of with this. Yeah. And this is like, this is some bulk and weight to actually take around. This is a Y bad uh, fortune cookie mini. I think it's, it's, is the one, but uh so this wouldn't be great unless you're like a real PRS shooter and you're like <laughs> you're shooting the deer like oh there's a branch you're like boom all right let's let's do this <laughs> I don't think normal people would be up to that um, and then just one that I just wouldn't recommend is just like a short one a, sh a little short bipod these are good for prone they're good for like PRS they're not they're they're awful for hunting the just applicability of the prone position is just not that great 
and I guess I would further my opinion where like I, I I got rid of the bipod for one found yeah you're never gonna go prone but the only time I would really consider putting a bipod on my gun is if I was in doing coyote hunting deer hunting or big game no it's just added bulk to the gun that I don't need there is it because you can predict the the direction of the coyote because you're going to do calling and you know kind of where where it's going to be coming in downwind of the call kind of a thing well I mean they're going to try and circle like when we go coyote hunting there's a good sized field but it's snow so actually getting the gun set up isn't a big deal you know just we just sit on the edge of the field with just a chair that we're just just high enough so we can actually see out there. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah, I know. Like, if you've like the ultimate setup for um, a lot of guys might be like a, a, a just a straight up tripod. You can get like the yeah. even Cabela sells them these days the tripod with the grip on there, bog, bog grip or something like that. Um, just grab the gun right in the middle, and then you're basically like using that thing to hold the whole gun. Yeah. Mike saying, if you refill the shooting bags with airsoft BBs, they make the bag way lighter. Mm. Right. Yeah. And if you need to, you can also carry a, you know, BB gun and use <laughs> the ammo that's in the bag. Yeah. It's good for squirrels. None of that. Airsoft BB? It would just annoy them a lot. <laughs> squirrels. Squirrels. Still. <laughs> yeah, still. I'd use a pellet gun though. One of those little like yeah. pump pellet pistols. It like got me thinking well, the other weekend when we were using them just for fun and at the, uh, and actually I, I, I did buy a, a 22 pellet pistol, like one of the break action ones because I want to shoot a grouse in the head with it. And, uh, I can, um, other thoughts on, uh, shooting rests. Any, any other thoughts there? Uh, F? uh, biggest thing is, choose what you're going to do and practice it. Like we were talking at the beginning, dry fire, figure out how to build that position and find what works for you. Cause like this last weekend, my sister had a really hard time getting her elbows on her knees. So I, for a kneeling position, I ended up having to get her to just two knees down. And then the, I, I really recommend if you got a sling, use it, learn how to use the sling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still look at it. I go, oh, I got a rest and look, it took me, I'm ashamed by how long it took me. Like, hey, there's a sling there. Why don't we figure out how to use that in conjunction with the trigger sticks? And mm. <laughs> I take a, taking a course on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Kelly, do you, uh, do you use bipods or anything like that when you hunt? No, no. Maple no. seed all the way. I got the tattoo. The deck rail. She uses the deck rail. <laughs> Death <laughs> yeah. No, but sling, yes. Um, but yeah, no. But I also didn't bag my deer last year, so that could have been one of the reasons why. So it was standing offhand, mm. uh, downhill. Mm. I so love this, dropping to the knee. This year, it's yeah. uh, this year. It's not. I will be dropping to a knee, and that deer will be mine. That black-tailed mm-hmm. deer. That it will be mine. Off black the deck, tail, white tail, deer. black yeah. tail, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, like, am I? Uh, I stopped dead in my tracks. I went. That's just odd here in Ontario. Now you'll have to stop them dead in their tracks. Correct. Off the mm. deck. <laughs> Off the deck with a wine bottle as your bipod. 
Well, that's, that's, when you're shooting off the dock, it's really a lot easier to do because you're able to uh, rest your elbows on the dock, on the rail, and just take your shot. That's uh, honest to God. Bring a, bring a bag. Put the bag on the railing to give yourself that much more, right? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I figured you would have just had the forend on the railing sitting in your deck chair with your wine beside you is oh just give me a sec okay i'm not drinking <laughs> we drink afterwards but not during i said wine glass i didn't say correct. what you had in the wine glass correct Water. Uh, <laughs> so i've already i've already booked the week for hunting i've already we already have so i have my doe tag we already have the plans so we are going to actually incorporate some of the stuff that we're talking about because we're going to be walking through the woods yeah it is nice to just you know get up in the morning and have the deer come to us and we shoot them off the deck but it's also Let's try it another way. It didn't work last year all that great. I do prefer them coming to us, and but sometimes they don't cooperate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Kyle, you're mentioning one thing that uh, like to, to dry, dry fire, and I agree with that. I would say uh, one thing, one other thing to think about, because we're still in October here. If you're going to hit the range, don't shoot off the bench. Shoot off the bench to like get the get the group. Yeah. But then if you can, some ranges yeah. won't let you do this. Yeah. But if you can. Yeah shoot seated shoot standing shoot kneeling like mm-hmm. shoot all of these things and see when like and and do like i don't know five rounds if you can hit five out of five you're probably good at that distance for that uh, especially if your range has steel Chaz has steel at like two three four five it's got steel everywhere uh varying sizes and i would say that they've got like a six inch plate if you can hit that six inch plate at 200 from different positions that's the one like that's that's going to be your like benchmark yep. for what you can do yeah. And try at 302 anyways, just to, you know, see what your drop is. The other thing that, like, like well, that doesn't have nothing to do with uh, with bipods or anything like that, but check your drop, know your drop on your gun at different distances so that um, if you see something at 300, you can make that connection. Yeah. And you don't get underneath it. Hey, the other thing is also, if you're, sh- if you're going out hunting, use a firearm that you're familiar with and it fits you. Mm-hmm. So it's fitted specifically to you. I was, bo- I was using a rifle that I borrowed from somebody. And it didn't fit right. And it comes through in your shooting too. So you're going to be more stable if you have a rifle that's fitted to you. I'd like to add a footnote. We're talking about supported shooting and there are very few supported positions where your gun sits steady. Mm -hmm. So we have a wide range of listeners from experts down to just thinking about getting their pals. Don't try and hold your reticle steady on the target. Learn the your cadence of your reticle and try and get that rhythm and time your shot. Don't try and hold it steady because it's just going to shake around and you're pull a shot most likely. Huh. Yep. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. The more steady you can be, the more, the more sure you can be of that shot that you take. I like this. What Mike said, the best way I've learned everything, uh, the best way I learned everything I was doing was wrong. Oh, is that through maple seed? I believe so, yeah. Hmm. No. We adopt and we cope and we do different things. Maple seed's a great program. Obviously, I, I love it. It's my life. <laughs> um, but I think that there's some really good shooters out there. And he says, yep. <laughs> there you go. I was thinking from I was thinking about it from the perspective of like Michael Jordan. He said the he's learned the most from the shots that he missed than you know the shots he's made. So the stuff that we've missed, we're going to learn from it. And we're going to uh, just basically uh, overcome and adapt 
So, so if I missed last year because I was using a rifle that was borrowed, didn't fit me, and I wasn't using, I was standing offhand. Guess what? This year, it's going to be my rifle, and it's going to be, I'm going to drop to a knee, and that deer is going to be lead sled. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're no. going to have deer jerky, and we're going to have, yeah. Awesome. All right, let's get into all oh, listener feedback. We've kind of been going as we go along here. Yeah. Will was saying that uh, Project Maple Seed was the best sling training he's ever had to date. Well, thank uh, you. He was asking if your black tailed black tailed deer could What's be a mule deer. And that is no, we don't have any in Ontario, and that is exactly why I'm going. What the hell? Uh, what because if it's we don't one have... pet mule deer that they let loose. Pet mule deer. Mm, mm-hmm. That could be true, but it's now going to be a dead mule deer. all right uh any emails but uh, if you want to email the show send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com uh for supporters on patreon we have been uploading some new videos for you so take a look at that um and uh, let us know if you like that kind of stuff we'll keep doing it uh can i make a note on the patreon yep yep uh for any of your patronies like we're trying to I mean, we realize it's been a while since we've done anything. So if you have an idea that you'd like to see, write us and let us know. Yeah. Kyle oh, has now been packing lists. We're doing yeah, packing we're doing packing lists. Lists. Yeah, currently we're yeah, doing Yeah, we're working lists. on packing lists. So you guys have a, you can print off a checklist. So hey. whether you're hunting or whatever, you can have a checklist and yeah. put it down. Didn't we use, didn't we recently, not recently, yeah, like last week, didn't our last show get mentioned on another podcast because we were doing packing lists? I think people are interested it, in that stuff. TFD. It did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. The Firearms blog mentioned yeah. our podcast and then wrap up. Go and have a listen to them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, all right. Let's get into Facebook and Messenger and YouTube reviews. Cool. Uh Ethan mentioned on our YouTube channel. Uh, thanks for having me on, folks. It was a great time. I was on episode 476. Then on the Gasan uh, testing and review, they say clean the heavy grease from the factory, re-oil. The factory grease is too heavy in the cold. That is correct. Yep. Did, did you do that a lot of any like you should be doing that with any gun? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was like sitting on the floor, so I don't know, like how, like maybe they they wiped it off, but uh, like literally really... on the floor. Oh. <laughs> on the floor uh there's really not much uh oil on this one but like the oil that that'll be on the gun is typically like a a rust preventative oil it's not meant as like a lubrication oil and it won't be good as a lubrication oil so yeah Yeah. cleaning off the the stuff that comes from the factory and then uh i think they must have cleaned these off because this is Pretty clean. It'd be a good idea. I have a couple of ideas for gunshot for episodes. We should talk about over and under and side by sides because I've had people messaging me. But also, yeah, shotguns over and under, especially. Um, But also, why don't we talk about different lube and how to, you know, preserve your guns for different weather? Because we're getting five W twenty synthetic for everything. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> piss everyone off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't use frog lube. Yeah, I'm I'm semi serious about the five W twenty though. <laughs> I didn't doubt it. <laughs> oh, Adrian. Uh, anything but the factory oil. Uh, yeah. It does. Have yeah, to, so if, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, yeah, clean your 
clean your rifles, pistols, shotguns, everything as soon as you get them from the retailer and then lube them up. So if, if you got one of the Norinco handguns during the ban here and you like really wanted to get one and you got one, uh, you're going to need to do some cleaning because they come uh, heavily packed with oil. They will not rust. Rust is like not even going to be anywhere near that gun because it's going to be swimming <laughs> in oil. But you got to clean that stuff off because it is very heavy and it's it's not going to be great in the cold or just otherwise. Yeah, it just comes up. Uh, Patreonies, if you'd like some stuff, we'll uh, send you some stuff. Head on over to patreon.com slash slamfireradio and uh, check us out over there. We are uploading special content. Yay. And we're going to be working on pa- pack lists and that kind of a thing. Awesome. Shoutouts. Uh, I'll do mine first because I'm the host and I get to do that. Uh, they, I, I watched an interesting YouTube video on InRange last night. There's a discussion with Ben Stoger about uh, USPSA and what USPSA does and what they're like the good parts of it and the bad parts of it. Uh, It was a really interesting show. Uh, They um, the gist of it is the thing that uh, Ben really likes out of uh, USPSA is the standardized uh, rule set across the country. Once you get that standardized rule set across the country, it's fantastic. Everyone knows what the rules are, what the divisions are, that kind of thing. And he he felt like that was really important. Uh, The top level like costs of like three dollars per match per person for all t- eternity he felt like was uh was not great uh, there was obviously the rest of it because he, <laughs> he's uh he's having some uh, issues with the uspsa but uh mm. just a bit video mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey we're gonna have him on the show at some point aren't we maybe like kind next, of next week is it next week yeah oh. week, next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, we should probably advertise that just saying yeah maybe i'll like make a stream your thing after this and we'll, we'll advertise it a bit. Ah, that's a good idea. Kelly. Shout outs? I, I did want to give a huge shout out to Kelly and Kyle Kincaid for allowing me to come out to their lovely ranch and shooting some birds. It was awesome. I loved it. It's like, you know what? It's like I was a normal person. I could shoot myself, not myself, but you know, what I mean? <laughs> not yourself. No, <laughs> no but you I eat any- you, you yourself could go shooting. <laughs> no, so you know what's happening with the docks? So uh, we were able to clean them and everything, and we put them in the freezer. And what's going to happen is when we got about 20 right now. So what will happen is they will all go on the smoker. And remember what I was telling about those preserves? Those preserves will go on it, and then we'll have ducks. And lots and lots of ducks. Mm. It's delicious. That sounds good. Yeah. Yes. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm. Note the bland. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Kyle? Uh, I have a recommendation. I came what across this podcast uh, last week, and it's just one particular episode. So the podcast is Talk is Sheep. And it's uh, BC's Wild Sheep Foundation podcast. And oh. the episode was on a bear mauling that took place just uh, west of Sundry back in 2017. Oh, cool. And this is basically the guy, they actually had uh, this Jeremy Evans guy on to talk about it. And like the guy should not be alive. The fact that what he went through, I won't spoil too much of it, but what he went through to literally drag himself out of the bush into his truck and trying to get help. is just absolutely incredible. I'm going to ask, was he somebody who was the, had the ability to defend himself against a bear? Or was he a hiker? No, he was. Uh, it was the day before sheep opener. He was out there for hunting. Oh, okay. He was hunting sheep, and it was okay. yeah the day, oh, the day okay. before the opener. 
And through that, they actually just released a book. It just released, I think, September 22nd. I ordered it off of Amazon. So it's mauled. Um, I think it's, they said it was number one for uh, camping and bears, obviously. But, uh, and that goes through even more than what it does. Like, it's an hour long podcast. And I think he's telling the story for about 45, 50 minutes. But I've already finished the book. And, it's it's a high, highly recommended. There's some lessons to be learned in, and it's just an absolutely incredible story. Hmm. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, thank you. Did any of you see the uh, the most recent um, defensive gun use with a Glock against a Cougar? Uh, was making its rounds just recently here. Female Cougar or male <laughs> Cougar? <laughs> Oh, more, more yeah. dangerous. Kind. <laughs> Not the dangerous to your pocket, but the, the dangerous to your face. That one. <laughs> no, no I idea. I'll uh, I'll share that with you guys after the show. But uh, it's a pretty pretty incredible uh, little wow. clip. Uh, the, the, other thing, the other thing that struck me was this guy is filming with one hand and he's got his gun with the other. And my thoughts were, I would be dropping that phone yes. right now yeah. and going to a two hand grip. Oh. If I if if I had a yeah. cougar that like was not letting me go, no chance I'd be recording that. Okay, to see yeah. the cougar I have for a little to bit ask, after that, I go to two hand. Was he millennial? Just asking. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a bear, Mister Bear. You need to go away. Don't eat my kayak, Mr. Bear. Or you know. <laughs> might die, but uh, you know, I gotta rec- I'm gonna record myself defending yeah. myself. Uh, you know, I'm gonna def- I'm gonna record myself getting mauled by a bear. Yeah, exactly. I'll share that <laughs> the in last, the uh... the last, you know, photo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty incredible stuff. Uh Mo, awesome. any any shout outs? No, nothing for me. Awesome. Uh, check us out at Gun Owners. Like us on Facebook. Give us a review on Facebook. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, yeah. everybody. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.